Welcome to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Laura Deirda, an editor at Becker's Healthcare, and I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Zafar Chowdhury, Senior Vice President and CIO of Seattle Children's. We're really excited to have him on the podcast today. Now, before we begin, Dr. Chowdhury, could you please tell us a little bit about your background? Thank you, Zafar Chowdhury. I'm a Chief Information Officer at Seattle Children's. I've been at Children's for three years. Uh, I'm a a physician who turned to the dark side many years ago, and I've worked in healthcare IT and CIO roles uh, across the world over the last 30 years. Well, fantastic. We're really happy to have you here today. Now, my first question is, what's your top priority today? I think as is, is the case for any CIO, I need to keep the lights on and doors open. We've made a massive shift due to COVID to remote working, and that is going to remain a permanent fixture for the foreseeable future. And I think my focus is making sure that my infrastructure capability to deliver remote services to clinical staff, to non-clinical staff, remains up and stable. That makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure there's a lot of planning and work that goes into it. And when you're looking at the next year, how do you see the IT department evolving? Do you see more remote work or permanent things? And what else do you think uh, will be in store for your IT team in the next year? So to contextualize for us, COVID had us pivot to virtual literally overnight. So Prior to COVID, we were having maybe 100, 150 users working remotely at any given time. That then pivoted within a day or so to almost 4,000 plus users working remotely. As we've learned more during this pandemic, our organization has decided that actually some groups of individuals do work very well from home, IT being one of those groups. Uh, parts of human resource, parts of finance. And so our future is about 2,500 people will permanently work from home. And what that means for us is an evolution of providing always-on services around the clock, which is something we weren't typically used to doing. So I think as we evolve over the next 12 months, we will have to find... And, and provide technical resources, skills, stability to infrastructure, access to our 768 systems any place, any time, as people work from home, work from coffee shops, et cetera. And at the same time to achieve that, I believe we're going to be a mixed delivery model in the future for us at Children's. So some of those services will be provided by people employed by Children's. Some of those services will be provided through strategic partnerships with key IT vendors to then give us that holistic 24 by seven coverage. Fantastic. That that sounds like you've really got a pretty comprehensive plan in place. And now in thinking about what you'll need next year, what do you think your key investments will be and what are you planning to invest in next year? So certainly from a IT perspective, we will continue to invest in infrastructure. We're going to see a massive investment in licensing because of remote working Uh, From a clinical perspective, we recently did a CERNA to EPIC conversion 
during this pandemic actually went live with that on the 3rd of October. And we're going to spend the next 90 days, probably up to up until January, stabilizing that rollout. We were the first to deliver 100% virtual training to 13,000 people. So that was certainly a learning experience and new for us. And as soon as we have stabilized our EPIC infrastructure, our plan is to then start a rollout of a replacement to our enterprise resource planning uh, system. So we currently use Lawson. It's been in our business for over 10 years and that needs a full-scale replacement. So that will be the next major project that we continue to work through. We're also going to make massive investments, continued massive investments in the analytics, uh, predictive analytics space. We already have a strong analytics function. We're a HIMSS stage seven analytics site. But what I'm saying is more demand for clinical analytics, actually more demand for a new space in analytics around building management systems. So I'm employing artificial intelligence tools to help us take a look at our building systems, help us predict when a a device needs a new filter or when a device air handling system needs a service, all things that need to happen to keep environments safe and clean of uh, infectious agents. Got it. That makes sense. And obviously sounds like a lot of planning going into that and really a lot to do on the IT team for you. So it'll be a busy year in 2021, it sounds like. Oh, we're hoping to stay busy. Absolutely, absolutely. Between, you know, some of your EHR conversions and investing in more clinical analytics and then employing the, um, you know, artificial intelligence systems and everything else that's going on, it's, it'll be very interesting. The other thing I was wondering about is what are some of your big concerns or roadblocks for 2021? So from a clinical perspective, shifting care for our kids from on-site to virtual has been one of the big drivers as well that has been pushed uh, through COVID and the pandemic. And I think the big concern is how do we continue to provide those services when we live in a society where not everybody has equal access uh, to the digital experience. And what I mean by that is what we're seeing is parents, caregivers, patients, some of them have access to technology at home. Some of them have access to internet or strong internet at home. And then there's a whole percentage of our population that doesn't have that access. So we're going to have to figure out as we shift our business to, to strongly virtual and become a destination center. So what we're trying to do, we have 46 sites across four states, and what we're trying to do is not have everybody come to main campus in Seattle, but treat them more in the community. How will we make it equitable for people to have access to devices, hardware, technology, internet? Um, and those can be some major roadblocks for parents uh, who can't afford those type of tools uh, moving forward. And the other thing we'll be focusing on is uh, mental health for children. So certainly what I've learned in this pandemic is as my teams, and I have almost 500 people, 80% of which are working from home now, I still have some clinical engineers on site and desktop people, but as they're working from home, mental health has now become a major issue in, in this country. 
not only from the strains and stresses of what's happening around us, but you know, people are working sort of all the time because there's nothing else to do but work. And we're sort of seeing that also impact our kids. So mental health, suicide, stress is massively increased. So those are sort of clinical concerns and roadblocks for me is, am I really able to provide the tools um, in a equitable fashion to the population of patients that we service? Uh, there'll be more work to be done around that, but certainly these are the things we've learned that need to be tackled over the next year. That's fascinating to think about in terms of how the work from home environment is really impacting everybody from adults and parents to, to their children and, uh, you know, really what will come of that in the coming months. So that's really interesting to think about and also the equity side of things as well. My last question here is where are the most interesting and exciting ideas coming from in health IT today? Well, I think what's really interesting about health IT in general is we're typically about 10 years behind other industries at any normal time frame. And with the pandemic hitting us, our pivoting to virtual and digital has been massive and has been really quick. And, and adoption has been also reasonably fast. So the, a lot of this pandemic has driven the digital access that we always wished people would adopt in health IT, but hasn't happened. But yeah, I mean, absolutely, the the need and demand for more information from our systems to help inform better care, i.e. the analytics component, I think most healthcare organizations are making a massive shift from uh, retrospective analytics to predictive analytics. I think there are more algorithms and what we would define as artificial intelligence happening in healthcare systems now uh, so that they can make better judgments. I think IT is now more of an enabler of operational work than as, as ever happened. Um, and I'm also a true believer that to me, the most exciting thing here is how do we shift an IT function to be more security led? Because we have seen more attacks and hacks during this pandemic on healthcare systems than we've ever seen before. And I believe the future of uh, the core function of IT is that infrastructure services, core technology services will now not be led by the traditional technology officer, but will be led by more of a hybrid security and technology officer who will then design all systems and services to be more secure at that point of care. And certainly with remote working and uh, people having access to clinical systems at home and some being able to be able to print from those systems at home begs the question of, well, how do we secure all of that information when we don't control that home environment? And so I think that's what's going to drive health IT for the next 12, 18 months is thoughts around the analytics and security functions and probably more use of cloud-based technologies as well, right? Because those are easy to configure, easy to bring online. And we've certainly seen shortages of hardware, anything from laptops to servers and storage devices. And so 
I think you're going to also see an explosion in utilization of uh, services from cloud-based providers as well moving forwards. Dr. Chowdhury, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really fascinating conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you for having me.